Ulterior. Another day, another episode, another entry, and I am still very, very tired. And probably sick again. Um, so if that is at all evident in my voice, I guess I apologize. Maybe I don't. Maybe I'm just going to go about this however nature is telling me to. Yeah, all, all that sort of shit. Anyways, yeah, this is episode three of the ongoing series pertaining to my top 50 records of 2023. So episode one covered records 50 to 41. Episode two was for records 40 to 31. And then now today, episode three, I will be going into detail about records 30 to 21. Thank you so much. Thank you for tapping in. And I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Number 30 is Past, Present, Future Deluxe Edition by Meet Me at the Altar. So I sit here today not even as somebody who I would consider to be a Meet Me Out the Altar merchant or a superfan, stan, anything of that sort, but what I've been able to infer from seeing the reactions to Past, Present, Future over the last couple of months, ever since the record released uh, initially back in March, is that I am a lot higher on this record than people who have been dedicated fans of Meet Me at the Altar throughout the years. And when I say a lot higher, it really does feel like I am just beaming about this record while others are pretty down about the sound of it. And I feel like I understand like where the gripes would be coming from. But when I listen to Past, Present, Future... In my mind and in my belief, I am hearing a band who has figured out the formula just perfectly in time for their first full-length release. And I would even go as far as to say that I do believe Past, Present, Future is better than the prior Meet Me at the Altar releases, such as Model Citizen. I'm just able to connect with these songs a little bit more. I find them to be a little bit more catchy, a little bit more infectious in their rhythms and, and hooks and, and anything of that sort. Um, you open the album with Say to My Face, which, you know, by this point, everybody has heard, whether uh, voluntarily or involuntarily through the Taco Bell commercials. And I think Say to My Face is just a very energetic and angst-filled song that is able to get me in the exact proper mood that I need to be in to work my way through past, present, future. 
Um, cool ended up being one of my favorite singles of the year. And I do feel like that is a dissenting opinion from people who, again, have been dedicated fans of this band longer than I have. But I just really enjoyed cool and the simplistic nature of it. I felt like this was a very ideal sound for Meet Me Out There Altered to chase right here and right now. Um, you get a couple of other songs, or not a couple of other, actually, you get a lot of other songs that fit right into those categories. I look at the song Thanks For Nothing, and that song specifically is, I feel like, one of the higher points on the album, and it's just really fun, and I feel like a fucking train just passed by, dog, in the middle of Meet Me At The Altar's entry. I sounded very sad saying that, didn't I? Um, let's progress. Let's forget that train. I don't even know if you can hear it in the finished audio, but we will make do with what we have, I guess. Um, so they put out the deluxe edition later on in the year and you get a couple more songs and these tracks, they would have been some of my favorites on the original release. Like give it up in particular is a very catchy song, very like bubbly in its presentation. And again, I feel like these were the correct choices as of now for meet me at the altar. And I have no gripes whatsoever about past, present, future. I think it is one of the best records of the year. My favorite released by me at the altar so far and this collection of songs this did wonders for the band in my eyes number 29 is problems by not a toy There are some things in this world that you just cannot argue against. I know numbers is considered to be the main one, but you know what else you can't argue with? Motherfucking vibes, bro. When vibes are vibing, shit is unparalleled, to be honest. And that is kind of my biggest takeaway from Problems. And this album being as good as I believe it is was sensational and also um, justification in a way for the amount of love and support that I have made sure to show not a toy in any moment that I get to talk about them on this podcast. I remember finding them a couple years ago when they released Jake Cash as their first single. And just since then, it has been a true, like, special journey in a lot of ways to be able to follow Not A Toy. And then you get to Problems, and the singles rollout that we started to see kind of creep in its way last year off of songs like uh, Dementor and Bad Mood, it really showed me that everything I wanted the eventual record that is Problems to be, that is what ended up happening. Just some of the catchiest rhythms and this great flow from Branson on vocals, every like proper element to Natatoi's character, it shines through in a huge way on Problems. Um, you know, I, I mentioned the song nervous so many times throughout the year and every time i mention nervous i gotta say the initial hook that really grabbed me when the band was posting tiktoks of this sound she the queen bee she a meme queen got the real mean gleam looking like summertime ice cream 
you can't fight this shit, bro. It is just so, like, uh, it, it's infectious to your brain. Like, once it's there, like, none of these hooks or the melodies or anything within problems is going to be able to leave your core. I think the beats on this record are tremendous, like on Grown Folk Problems and Soul Slippin', and that level of production really does a lot to enhance what it is about Not A Toy that I find to be so alluring to a listener. And Soul Slippin' features Landon Tours from The Plot New, and having been able to get new Plot New this year and, you know, have that fulfillment when it comes to that side of Landon, being able to also have him be a part of a record that is very, like, R&B and hip-hop and pop-driven in a lot of ways... I always love being able to hear that side of Landon, so him, alongside Branson, that made for this really impeccable pairing on Soul Slippin'. Um, Say So has a very, like, downbeat nature to it, and I think that is so complimentary to every upbeat portion of Problems, if that makes any sense. This record just did a lot to, you know, further the image of Not A Toy in my eyes, and I would hope that it did the same for anybody who was excited for this record, and if you are not yet tapped into Not A Toy, if you want something just really vibey and so easy to relax to and chill to and fuck with, this record can give you everything that you're looking for. Number 28 is The Pain You Desire, The Love You Deserve by Tapestry. Uh, I slipped away from the mic for a second so that I could go get my Uber Eats delivery. Uh, I just had McDonald's breakfast, so uh, egg McMuffin, hash brown, and a coffee. So uh, I got some energy right now. I can't lie to you guys. Can't cap. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, Tapestry. Uh, the pain you desire, the love you deserve. So going into this album, I, I had heard of Tapestry before, and I probably listened to a few songs here and there. But I wasn't like fully immersed into the band's sound or their identity. So some uh, portion of my uh, initial journey through this album was kind of blind as far as what I knew about them beforehand. And I didn't really, really know what to expect. I feel like the artwork for the record is one of great curiosity. And it's just like really... Like, it looks like a mural. It looks like some shit that you would see in an art exhibit. And so I really fucked with that. And when I got into the album, I was genuinely taken aback by what I was hearing because I felt like I was listening to the best portions of so many varying genres, like post-hardcore, metalcore, uh, some melodic hardcore in a way. It's this really strange combination of different ideas and concepts and they all are able to surface in a very grandiose way. Like, right from the opening song, Hutchison Terrace, it's so, like, atmospheric and vibrant. And, you know, I, I hear as much of a band like If I Die First as I do Imminence. And I know that might not make any sense, but it's kind of just where my brain traveled to when hearing this record and i felt largely the same about getting through songs like i don't belong here uh, turning blind turning blind was one of those ones that just by the time i finished that song i like took a pause for a second and i was just like this is a really really special and innovative album and i'm definitely looking forward to getting through the rest of it 
um, chasing silhouettes, you get a glimpse into the softer side of the band and the moments in that song where the instrumentation is scaled back and Tom has the floor all to himself to just be the insanely talented vocalist that he is. Tapestry just really showed me a lot on this album, and I would hope that in turn they showed the rest of the scene what it is that they're offering. And this is a record that I would have definitely been missing out on had I, you know, just passed it by because I didn't know Tapestry that well beforehand. And that's kind of a lesson, I guess, to myself and all of you guys. Always give something a chance. Like, even if you don't know the band or anything of that sort, just give something a chance because if you don't, you will be missing out on something such as this tapestry record. And I generally feel like this is an album that I'm going to keep going back to in years and years and years to come. Number 27 is Tongue Tied by Earth Groans. To say that any of my expectations for this EP were succeeded after hearing it for the first time, that would genuinely be an understatement. I believe that when this EP dropped back in March, I just burned through it for like maybe like two or three hours all at once. And, you know, I, I say that and consider that the EP is 17 minutes long, I, I genuinely could not get enough of it and i feel like what earth groans did with tongue tied was just establish themselves as a real powerhouse unit in the world of metallic hardcore and i look at the opening song which is the title track and the like slow uh guitar riff that opens the track it's very brooding and ominous and it just perfectly sets the stage for the rest of the EP and just how heavy it can get, how chaotic it can sound, how apoplectic everything about it can feel, and it is this formula. The fuck is that? Oh, it's a garbage truck. Actually, no, it's a recycle truck. Good on you, recycle truck. Thank you for saving uh, the earth while I talk about earth groans. Um, what was I saying? I just feel like the entire EP is rooted in a certain style of hardcore that I will always be a fan of. I will always be a sucker for these chugging riffs that just shatter the ground below me. And after the title track, you get a series of songs, Overgrown, Over the Edge, and Same Blood, that just consistently bring the fucking energy and just make it to where if I was, you know, in a room hearing these songs in a live setting, there would not be a single person standing still, everybody moving around, everybody getting their shit in, and just everybody embracing the sounds of Earth Groans. The closing song, uh, Discordant Symphony... I completely fucking adore the way that this track closes and just how it feels like everything is disintegrating and just like burning around me and that is the exact kind of outro section that this EP really called for. Earth Groans showed the fuck up with Tongue Tied and you know I'm not sure how many of you guys have been able to check out this EP since it released but if you have never done so I highly implore you if just blistering metallic hardcore is at all your shit. Please, please, please check out Tongue Tie by Earth Groans. Number 26 is Sex and Sax by Shrezzers. Be 
when I was putting together this list, I really did believe that Sex and Sax was going to make the final cut, and I had to go back and listen to it a couple of times and realize that my initial review of this record back in February might have been on the harsher side. I don't really, off the top of my head, remember the scores that I gave all 50 of these records, but I do believe that Sex and Sax was on the lower end of all of these albums, and I think my main reasoning for doing that was I just found the song Pornhub to be kind of strange sounding and not really something that I was eager to listen to out of Shrezzers. And when I go back and hear it now, I I don't really know what my, my main gripe was or what my issue was. Pornhub is a really fun song, and as is everything else on this album. If my podcast ever gets monetized one day, is this episode going to get demonetized because I said Pornhub? I don't know. We'll find out one day when monetization happens. Hopefully monetization happens. Um, and when I look at the track list for Sex and Sex, I kind of have to remember that a lot of the songs on here were released years and years ago. And, you know, in 2020, Phoenix was a top 12 song of that year. And it is present here on Sex and Sex. And just the aura that Phoenix has is able to elevate the album just effortlessly. And the same thing with other songs like um, UVB76 and uh, Demura. And just like these songs... They have existed in my head for a fucking minute now, and every time I revisit them, it's always just marvelous and sensational, and these songs have never once lost any of their steam with me whatsoever. Coming into the year, we had singles like uh, Libertad and Temperatura, and just the, the fucking vibes and the energy that these songs bring, especially Temperatura. Like, that song is just so fluid in everything that it does, and that Spanish rhythm that it has, it is able to distinguish it from so many of the songs that are attached to all 50 of these records. Sex and Sex ultimately is one of the most unique uh, records of the year. Do I prefer it over Relationships, which was the Stresses record from 2019? No, and I say that on the basis that Relationships has Spotlight, which is like one of the greatest songs I've ever heard in my life. But in that same vein, you know, Phoenix is amazing. Demure is amazing. Temperatura is amazing. 23, Gambit, these songs are just tangled with every trope that keeps me listening to Shrezzers and continuously allows me to have the faith in this band that I do, and I am eager to see what they're going to do from here on out, and like I said, I was very harsh on Sex and Sacks back when it released, but now in December, I feel very confident and comfortable in calling it one of the best records of the year. Number 25 is A Gradual Decline in Morale by Kim Dracula. If you were to poll, like, let's say, a hundred people who have listened to this album before, you will get a hundred very, very, very different explanations for what everybody believes this record sounds like and the experience that they had listening to it. I truly do believe that a gradual decline in morale is 
the strangest, most obscure and abstract record I've ever listened to in my life. I previously believed that title had belonged to Am I a Girl by Poppy because of just how eccentric it is and how it constantly uh, switches itself up. But the thing about Am I a Girl is that it is a, no pun intended to uh, Kim Dracula's album, Am I a Girl is a gradual shift. You can tell each song is slowly getting heavier than the last. A gradual decline in morale, it doesn't have a pattern like that whatsoever. For two minutes in the opening song, the title track, you get this very like piano and organ based Castlevania sounding ass song, and then it goes right into My Confession, and that track opens with funk and R&B driven bass notes. It is the weirdest fucking thing I've ever heard in my life. And that song continues to take twists and turns to the point where, you know, it's funk, it's jazz, it's metalcore, it's hip-hop, it's like a spoken word little commercial bit thrown into there. There is no structure whatsoever to that song, and at large, there's very little structure at all to any section of this album. And that is a part of the charm and a big reason why this album was able to stick with me and I constantly had to go back and hear it over and over again just to be like, you know, I want to have like some kind of a perception of what it is that I'm hearing and it is literally impossible for anybody to achieve that on one listen and even 5, 10, 15, 20, 30, fucking 50 listens, you're not going to have a full scope of this album. I don't know if anybody at any point in the history of time ever will. You know, like all the cliches that people say like, oh, Rome wasn't built in a day. Neither was this fucking record man um what else do people say um it's not a sprint it's a marathon a gradual decline is a sprint and a marathon it is the long ass line to get into the lego store and the lego store itself this album is whatever the fuck it wants to be if it wants to take a song like undercover and give it this undertone of a spanish trek with the nylon strings of an acoustic guitar it can do that if it wants to be a song like Are You and have production on its beep that reminds me of The Weeknd. It can also do that. If it wants to have a fucking cover of Iris by Google Dolls on it and be one of the best covers I've listened to in the last 10 years or so, that's another avenue that the album decided to take. And every choice for the, a gradual decline in morale is a puzzling to say the least i would really be interested in knowing like the the decision making that went into what each song would sound like how it would be ordered and just everything you know within those boundaries because this is an incredibly fascinating record and one that again i don't believe in the duration of the rest of my life i will ever be able to fully and thoroughly understand but of the understanding that I have right now about this record, it is genuinely and truly one of the best of the year. Number 24 is Losing What We Love by Knucklepuck. From everything that I have been able to see and observe and infer from the camp of Knuckle Puck is that they have a very, very dedicated fan base who the majority of people in there would probably, you know, be of varying mindsets when it comes to 
what is the overall best knuckle puck release. Um, you know, some might say shapeshifter, some would say copacetic, some might say 2020. I myself am somebody who would have been of the mindset that it was shapeshifter up until I heard losing what we love back in October. There is just something very like real and raw about the way that losing what we love sounds like. And to me, it speaks to the talent of Knuckle Puck to be able to have a record that, you know, has that kind of uh, gritty production in a way. And to still be able to put out these songs that are just insanely catchy and so easy to get into the rhythm and the melody of, I think the opening stretch between uh, A New Beginning and The Tower really does a remarkable job at showing that. Um, these songs, like I said, they have like a lot of aggression and energy, and they feel very like rooted in what Knuckle Puck have always done. But there's just something about the way that these track work that makes me a bigger fan of this record than, you know, most of their prior material. Um, you have like these hints of added emotion on a song like, like You and I. Uh, the title track, Losing What We Love, has this very oddly structured chorus that made it to where that was one of the most memorable songs on the entire release for myself. Act Accordingly has a big like post-hardcore hit to it and that's like this is a sound that I completely adore Knuckle Puck existing in and it made me a, a huge believer and a huge fan of this album overall. Um, the closing song Fool has the kind of like slow nature to it that I feel like a closing song would necessitate, especially on a record such as this one. And there's just like so many different levels to what it is that Knuckle Puck are doing right now. And I do believe that, and at least right now in my headspace, this incarnation of Knuckle Puck might be the best that they've ever sounded. And there's no doubt in my mind right now that this is the most into the band I myself have ever been. My voice genuinely started to go out and shit itself midway through that entry, but again, I'm stuck with this, gotta keep going, gotta keep the energy up, somehow. Number 23 is Self-Defeater by Post Profit. So this was the last record that I reviewed in the regular weekly episodes, so maybe not a, a ton that I'll have to say right now that I didn't already say, you know, a month ago or three weeks ago or however long it's been, but in that span of time since then, I have just consistently gone back to Self-Defeater, and this EP is just so easy for me to get into because of the balance that it found between the influences of new metal and grunge and the way that they amalgamated into this EP, it did a lot to help me get a better vision and understanding of who are Post Profit and what is it that they bring to us? What is it that, you know, attracted Sharp Tone Records to sign them this year? What is it about Post Profit that works? Fucking everything, man. I really dig this EP and, you know, them being a Texas band that adds to the uh, connection that I have to them now. 
Um, but even without that, like songs like Karmakazi and Cantor Culture, they just provide an abundance of unique sounds that make it to where, like I said, new metal and grunge can exist in one area of their sound, and they still have all of these other ideas that push everything forward. The songs are catchy, the production is exactly what it needs to be for a project such as this one. It all just feels like a haven for anybody who grew up on 2000s new metal and that post-grunge era. Like, if you are into Chevelle and Adema, things such as that, I-, I don't really see any way that you would not be able to fuck with Self-Defeater to the highest degree. Number 22 is The Death We Seek by Currents. I think that for a lot of people in the metalcore space, The Death We Seek might be higher on their list. And, you know, for some, this might be their favorite record of the year. And in any case such as those, I get it. I understand it. The Death We Seek is my favorite Currents record to date. I feel like the band just kind of, you know, felt very, like, well-rounded and fully experienced in the process of heading into this album. And the lead up to it, you know, last year, like with the title track uh, releasing as a single, the uh, amount of work that the band has put into crafting their style, like taking so many tours and, you know, just really utilizing every opportunity that they've ever had to get better. And that is the like true mark of a band who gives a fuck and a band who really wants to leave an impression on the fans and everybody who has supported them to getting to the point that they're at now. And since I mentioned the title track, I will say that I do think that this is one of the most effective opening songs of the year, just in terms of being able to, like, really set the mood properly and, you know, just usher in this record with the heaviness that is The Death We Seek. And then the different directions that the album goes into after that is what makes me of the mindset that this is my favorite Currents album ever. Um, I've mentioned Remember Me a couple times throughout the year on this show, and that's because I really do believe Remember Me changed a lot for this band. I don't think it changed a lot for Metalcore, but just the band themselves and their trajectory. Remember Me instantly became, in my own opinion, the song for Currents. Like, the song that, whenever I think of this band, that hook of Remember Me is what comes to mind, and the incredible outro that that song closes out on. Um, I thought So Alone was another masterful single that really did a lot to kind of show off some similar things to Remember Me about like, you know, establishing the band's melodic sensibility and everything that goes into that. Unfamiliar is a song that kind of deviates from that formula just a little bit. I feel like the verses on that track are a lot more relaxed and tame. 
but they still maintain the energy and the personality of everything that Currents have built. Being able to hear a lot of these songs live on Currents Headliner back in May was a really pivotal moment in terms of making me as firm of a believer in Currents as I am now. The songs just hit, the crowd was so receptive of everything that they were doing, and it was just a really good time overall, and again, that added to my adoration of The Death We Seek and... I still believe this is the best that Currents have ever sounded. I would love to see the band kind of continue to build more concepts off of this record. And, you know, a lot of big things are going to be happening for Currents in the future. They're one of the hardest working bands in the scene. One of the bands who is constantly on the grind and it's not gone unnoticed at all. And I want everybody to be able to embrace Currents in any way that they can because they really are one of the ultimate bands out there right now that is pushing Metalcore forward and into a really favorable direction. Number 21 is Levitate by Varsity. With some of these entries, I've been able to confidently say that they have been my favorite releases from these bands. And the one thing about Levitate I'll say right now is that I do not know if it is my favorite Varsity release to date. I think the Cloud City EP back from 2020 was a really big foundational moment for the band. And Welcome Home back at the beginning of 2022 really, you know, made me an even bigger fan of the band than I was already at that point. So... I would say that at worst, Levitate keeps Varsity at the same level they've been at, and at best, it shoots them even higher into the hierarchy per se, and that's that's cool as fuck for me, because Varsity is a band who I've always wanted the best for them. I really do believe that they are one of the most overlooked and underrated bands that the scene has today. And they really should have a larger audience. And I don't know what it's going to take necessarily to do that at this point because they have the, the sound down. They have the quality. Like every time varsity does, does something, I have zero hesitation to believe whatsoever that they're going to knock it out the park. Um, you know, Levitate itself is a 15 track record. And sometimes I might look at 15 songs and believe like, you know, shit, maybe that's, too long of a duration maybe the band should you know trim some of that i didn't feel that way about varsity because i had all of the confidence in the world in their abilities to make a 15 song record work and you know what i think they did so i really think levitate does not lose any momentum at all in the runtime i think if anything you see like this trend in the first half of the album where it's only getting better and better and better with each passing song to go from the opener fuck you forever into back to back you get a clear understanding right away that this is a band that has mastered that craft of like genty r&b sounding metalcore and it is just a joy to really get to watch play out um I've mentioned a couple songs on this record throughout the past few months, um, one of them being The Way It Is. The Way It Is is my favorite song on the album, and when I really think about it, there's a chance that it is my favorite Varsity song in general. I think The Way It Is has a lot of heart and emotion poured into it, and that's done so without everyone's compromising what I mentioned about like the R&B gent side of Varsity. It's just the perfect song for them. 
um, dangerous. This is a really weird song in the sense that I don't believe Varsity have ever made a song that sounds like this before. It's very, like, theatrical, and it reminds me a lot of what Einstein Kills would be doing, or, like, older set it off from the cinematics era of that band. It's just a very cool song for Varsity, and I'm really glad they got to explore that direction. I think Doomed has a lot of bounce and energy going for it. It's just a really enthusiastic sounding song, and enthusiasm is something that I just find in so many different holes of this record. Again, I'm never once bored in listening to Levitate. I never once believed throughout all 15 of these songs that it was too long or that these songs weren't giving me what I wanted to hear out of Varsity. I think you get a lot of aggression out of songs like Black and Blue and Glad You Came. They also dip into the, let's say, feels bag, for lack of a better way of really phrasing that, um, off of tracks like The Feeling and Powerless. It's a very summarized record in the sense that if this is your first time hearing Varsity, you're going to get a scope of every sound and idea that the band likes to travel through and... It's just a really effective album in that regard. I've been able to enjoy this album thoroughly since first hearing it uh, about two months ago now. And again, each listen through, I feel like I am just, you know, growing to love it even more than I already did. And then that's outstanding. And that's it for now, of course. So those were uh, records 30 through 21, which means that we have now passed the halfway mark and we're going into top 20 territory. So I will say about my cat story jumped off of the table that I'm on right now. If you heard that sound, um, I'll say the same thing about records that I did the songs list, which is that the top 20 brings with it a heavier discussion about these releases and why they're placed where they're at and why they mean so much to me. So for the next two episodes, and especially part five, um, the explanations might get a little bit longer. We might be here for a bit of an extended duration, but that is done so that I can do my best to properly explain to all of you guys out there why these records made it to where they did on lists, why these are my 20 favorite records of 2023 and why ultimately these are probably some of the greatest records i've ever heard in my life thank you so much for listening i hope you guys enjoyed this episode and as always for the love of the game let's make a scene <laughs> <laughs>